Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Adam Ronis, solo for the final hour here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Tuesday afternoon. You can catch this show live weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. If you can't listen live or can only listen to a portion of the show, don't need to worry. You can hear it all on demand anytime you want. Just go to podcast, search full-time fantasy, hit subscribe. You'll be notified whenever a new episode is uploaded. And you can find my work, fulltimefantasy.com. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis, on the gram at aron 88 We got a lot of football content for you guys. It's getting close. We got a look at the Jacksonville Jags, training camp questions there. Latest team outlook from Sean Childs is a look at my Dallas Cowboys. So Sean has covered all the AFC teams. So we're here on June, what is it, 11th today? And he's already finished with all the AFC teams. And these are pretty in-depth. So I recommend you checking them out now. You know, get in there, get your summer reading in. This way you can get them all done by the time July comes in. You're ahead of the curve. You're ahead of everyone. You know the depth charts. And if any changes are needed, Sean will provide the updates as necessary. we got our Dynasty Football Hub, rankings, analysis, ADP, and a lot more. Uh, Don't worry. I'm continuing to have you covered for baseball content as well. Uh, I'll have the stock watch this week. And if you have any specific questions, you could always ask them on the message boards and forums. And we have DFS baseball as well fulltimefantasy.com slash dfs usually a couple write-ups per day there's the optimizer and of course the slack chat leading up to lineup lock if you have any questions maybe you have one or two spots you're not sure of you're looking for value you can hop in there and uh there's a chat room there where guys will help you out and of course play ffwc.com if you're ready to draft we got a draft and go best ball draft tonight 9 p.m eastern 28 rounds 75 second clock so this is just a draft where you draft your team that is it you don't have to set your lineups you don't have to make waiver wire moves so we all love to draft so this is a way to get in another draft without doing the seasonal maintenance we have a starter slow full season draft with a four hour clock 18 rounds three spots left in that one so as soon as it fills it will kick off so we got a ton of different slow drafts for example the online championship slow draft there's one two hour clock one with a four hour clock one with six so, you know, everyone has a different tolerance, and sometimes people don't like waiting the six hours. I can understand that. And maybe you have access to computer, phone quickly. It obviously shuts off overnight. I think it's from midnight to 8 a.m. Eastern or 9 a.m. Eastern. I think it's an eight-hour yeah. shutdown. I got to double-check. It's, but uh, it does shut down. Uh, so whatever suits what you need. We do have an online championship draft tomorrow. And that's uh, live at 10 p.m. Eastern, 90-second clock. So 
Uh, you want to get in there on that. That's a $299 entry fee, but uh, good prizes. Uh, the prizes, league prizes range from $1,800 to $2,494, and the grand prize is fifty k if you finish first overall. So it's a nice profit if you can get it. So, again, different price points, different formats. You can check it out, playffwc.com. Uh, I'll have uh, Frank Stanfield from FNTSY. He'll join me in the next segment. We'll obviously talk basketball with him as uh, obviously it's been the big topic of the day with the Kevin Durant injury and now we go to a uh, game six in Golden State on Thursday night so at least there's definitely some intrigue there uh, there's some afternoon baseball we'll get to that in a little bit Mets Yankees uh, as they were rained out yesterday and uh, they are playing a day night doubleheader today at Yankee Stadium and you know definitely uh, why I don't know why they waited so long to cancel that game yesterday. And, you know, this is not a shot at the Yankees. Yes, I'm a Yankee hater. We all know that. Anyone who's following me knows that. But, you know, I would have said this if this was any team. I mean, they canceled this game around 6, 6.15 for a 7 p.m. start. We talked about it on the show yesterday that the forecast looked bad for most of the night in the New York area. And it sucks that, you know, you know you're going to get a good crowd. And they probably wanted to try and play through maybe some light rain. And they both had a, a mutual off day tomorrow, but they actually had uh, PSAL High School Baseball Championships at 4 and 7 p.m. Eastern. And I know a lot of people are going to say, yeah, well, just play it Wednesday. It's a big deal for these kids to play at that field. So I understand that. Uh, but I just don't like the fact that they had all these people come to the ballpark and pay the parking, get concession. And then all of a sudden, yeah, okay, game is postponed. There are a lot of people who come from two, three hours away in the area, maybe go to one, two games a year. And, of course, Mets-Yankees is a hot ticket. And it was just unfortunate they did that. And they, they have a, a, a light crowd here for game one. So I'll be there, though, tonight for game two. Not excited about it as a Mets fan. They suck right now. I mean, this is just a poorly constructed team. They're not even getting good starting pitching most of the time, which is supposed to be their strength. Their bullpen is terrible. Their defense is horrific. So... It's, you know, great seats tonight, good game, but, you know, it's tough to get excited for the Subway Series since uh, the Mets are, are playing like absolute garbage. Uh, but let's take a look at some of the uh, top storylines going on in baseball right now. And I don't know if you saw this yesterday, but it's just the despicable ejection yesterday for Joe Musgrove. So two outs in the first inning, he threw a ball inside that grazed the jersey of Josh Donaldson. I mean, and, you know... Uh, they obviously jawed at each other, benches empty, but nothing bad happened. And the umpires threw both of them out. I mean, really, this is just a complete overreaction. And, you know, it, it hurts the Pirates, too. You know, you have to go to your bullpen early. They've already had a couple of injuries here. Jordan Lyles was placed on the injury list yesterday. You know, if you used Musgrove and DFS, he was very cheap. You got screwed, and that's just the poor luck. Obviously, you were hoping to get a two-star week out of Musgrove. Now it turns into one. Now they are going to start Musgrove on Thursday. So you got that benefit there. But just terrible, terrible job of the umpires last night. Just a complete overreaction. And, you know, it's unfortunate. This happens sometimes with these umpires. And it was definitely a, a terrible call by the umps yesterday. Uh, and, again, I only I have Musgrove in, I think, two leagues. And it's not even that. I, not even my fantasy team. I mean, one of the leagues I have Musgrove, I have a – doing very well so it didn't really kill me and the other league the team is not that good it's a uh best a draft champions league where got a ton of injuries and uh also no closers so 
Uh, I'm seeing here that the uh, Cardinals activate Yadier Molina from the injured list. This is uh, a little surprising here. Uh, it looked like he wasn't that close to coming back, but they uh, have uh, activated him. I know Molina said yesterday that he was hoping to be back this weekend, but he will be back. He is activated. Uh, so Yadier Molina, if you are in a daily league, uh, you can get him back in there. And obviously, maybe if you're at an NFBC-style league where you can make the changes on Friday – and you didn't do it yet, you can wait till Friday and get him in. Uh, I hate having three catchers on the roster, but if you had Molina and he went on the injury list uh, in an NFBC style, you probably had to do it. Or you could have just left Molina in and take the zero. Might be, might not that be that bad with the way some, the catcher position is. Although, as I said yesterday, there's actually quite a few catchers that were on the waiver wire this past weekend that were actually doing very well. Uh, and I, a lot of teams were employing two catchers, and uh, they have been producing. Yesterday, in the game between the Diamondbacks and the Phillies, Major League record 13 home runs were hit between both teams. It was crazy. So uh, the first inning, it was back-to-back-to-back between Jared Dyson, not a power hitter, Cattell Marte, who all of a sudden is a power hitter. Now it's 16 home runs, a career high, and David Peralta against Gerard Eikhoff, who has really been struggling lately, and he's allowed a ton of home runs and not good when you're pitching in Philadelphia. Eduardo Escobar had two home runs for the Diamondbacks. He's had a really good year. He was kind of undervalued in a lot of drafts, and I think I only have him in one or two leagues. I got him in my home league. Most leagues, he has that third-base shortstop eligibility. He was going to play every day. He's got 17 home runs and 54 RBIs. I think it also goes to show how the numbers are up. I mean, there's a lot of players in that 15 to 17 homer range, but uh, it also shows the depth middle infield. You know, you could use Escobar at middle infielder and – uh, there's been a ton this year. Scott Kingery also hit two home runs. Uh, and, you know, he got off to the good start, then got hurt. And he's been a little cool lately. He hasn't really done much, but he's going to get the playing time. He's actually hitting 324. And, you know, it's a good time to be in Citizens Bank Park as that weather heats up. So I think Kingery's owned in most leagues. He was actually was available in a 12-team league for me. Over the weekend, I didn't get him. I put in a bid for him, but got someone else. But Kingery definitely, he's got the outfield eligibility. I think he has it by now in most leagues. And he's going to get the playing time. Uh, you know, a player that we really, I, I don't think a lot of people have talked about much this year. Uh, and now they're going to start to talk about him as we get towards the All-Star game and you look at his numbers. But I wrote a piece on him before the year. I did a lot of stories on players changing teams and the free agent signings. And uh, it was Charlie Morton. And I wrote that Charlie Morton is still going to be a good pitcher this year. I think what happened is with Charlie Morton, number one, he's 35 years old. And he changed teams. So Charlie Morton, for most of his career, wasn't really that good. He just never put it together with the Pirates. And many of you probably don't remember this, but he went to the Phillies in 2016. His velocity was up then. He was throwing 94-95 that spring. He appeared in four games, and then he tore his hamstring. He was out for the year. But the strikeouts were there that year, so I took note of it. And then anytime a pitcher goes to Houston, we know you got to pay attention. I mean, look at Wade Miley this year. Wade Miley is going to ear in the low threes, like a 1.18 whip. Yes, not a lot of strikeouts, but he's pitching well for Houston. Houston just kind of has this magic touch with pitchers. And we saw it with Charlie Martin the last two years. So, so Charlie Morton, 146 and two-thirds innings in 2017, 167-7 innings last year. He had a 3.13 ERA last year. He had a strikeout percentage of 28.9%, obviously by far a career on a 1.16 whip. I think what happened is a lot of people said, ah, he's leaving Houston. He's 35. He really hasn't shown the ability to stay healthy. Yeah, I kind of don't want him. Uh, I did want him. And 
I actually, I don't even know if I have him in any leagues, but I definitely wanted him. And I had him ranked, I think I had him ranked right around 30. I have to go look back, but I'm sure many of you guys who followed the rankings have him. Um, I was probably getting like Luis Castillo in that area or bats. Uh, but I like Morton. Again, I wrote about him before the year saying, yeah, I don't think this really hurts his value. Tampa Bay has done a really good job with pitching. He, and I said I wasn't worried about the AL East. Uh, yeah, you know, the Yankees, Red Sox, you're certainly worried about those lineups. But you got Baltimore. I mean, Camden Yards is definitely still a park but uh, that you, you're worried about for pitchers. But Baltimore and Toronto are, are in great lineups. And, yeah, you always worry about the Yankees and the Red Sox. But Morton's a good pitcher, man. And he had another great outing like yesterday. Seven scoreless. He's now 8-0 on the season with a 2.10 ERA and a 1.02 whip. And there's not a lot of luck here involved. The strain rate's a little high at 81.5%. But this is all legit. 30.2% strikeout rate is actually higher than last year. He's getting a ton of ground balls once again. That was something we saw a lot with Pittsburgh. Kind of went away. 51.6% ground ball rate. He's not allowing a lot of hard contact. I mean, this guy is legit. And I think maybe people were worried about the innings potentially with him. But we keep saying that about like every pitcher, every pitcher. I mean, even if Charlie Morton goes, what if he goes the same as he did last year? And they've been smart about it. They've been pulling him out with like 94 pitches. So they really haven't overworked him too much. So he's about 81 and a third innings right now through 14 starts. Uh, he had 30 starts last year, 25, two years ago. So, yeah, we're worried about him staying healthy as he's gotten older. But if you get 25, 26 starts out of him, I think you're pleased this year. And that would give you about 160, 165 innings. And considering you got him, in most cases, as your SP3, maybe your SP4, got to be real happy with that. He's on a good team. I mean, Charlie Morton over the last two years now is 23-3. and three. And he had a 3.13 ERA last year, and he's been better this year. So, you know... He was a good value in Travis. He went like ninth, tenth round, and I just think people kind of dismissed him a little bit too much and pushed him down the board. So, again, we're going to say this about every pitcher. Oh, except the elite guys. Oh, he's not going to throw 180 innings. I mean, how many guys are? Just not much anymore. Got to be real happy with uh, Charlie Morton. Dallas Keuchel made his first minor league start yesterday. And it was at high A, so you have to take that into consideration. But he pitched very well. He threw seven scoreless innings, allowed one single, one walk. He struck out nine and 77 pitches to get through seven. So they've been saying that he's been throwing simulated games every five days while he has been a free agent to keep his arm in shape. But again, it is not the same as pitching in a real game. So it was definitely a good sign that he was so sharp. But again, single A hitters. Uh, He was sitting around reportedly 88-89. But he's never been a guy that throws hard. He relies on the control. So it looks like he's probably going to make one more start. I think they said he has to make at least two. And uh, I think he also has something in his contract that he had to be up uh, by a certain point as well. So obviously you want to see how he feels over the next day or two. Uh, He is expected to make another start on Saturday. And then you could see him back in the rotation. And the question is who comes out of the rotation and right now, I think it looks like Kevin Gossman, man. That guy has pitched like absolute garbage. And I had to use him this week because he had a two-star week in a 15-team league. I did not feel good about it. In fact, I think in my two-star column, I put him under the sit But I just don't have a lot of options. You know, one league, I have Clevenger and Lazardo who are going on to. My other options were uh, Freddie Peralta at Houston. I didn't want to go there. Marco Gonzalez at Minnesota. I didn't want to go there. So I said, all right, I'll take the shot with the two-star guy. But Gossman wasn't good. Two and a third innings. 
His ERA is now 6.21. I mean, geez, it has been bad. Sean Newcomb came in through four and two-thirds scoreless innings. But I think Gossman's going to be the, the guy that's out of the rotation. You know, Julio Tehran has pitched better. You're not taking him out. Soroka has been great. We know that there's going to be an innings limit on him. Same with Max Fried. But those guys are not coming out. The only other guy who I thought was maybe Mike Fultonewich, but as we went over in the DFS segment, he's been better over his last four starts, at least in the strikeout-to-walk ratio. He's still allowing too many home runs. Look, Gossman is getting a little bit unlucky right now when you look at the underlying numbers. The strand rate's 57.6%. The batting average of balls in play is 339. I mean, he is the strikeouts are there, 22.6%. Walk rate is higher than it has been. But as always, you know, a high whip, 1.51. Uh, he's not even been hurt by the home runs, which is crazy. So he's not this bad, but he's in a situation where he's fighting for his rotation spot, and I think he loses that job. When we return, we will talk NBA. Kevin Durant, the Warriors, and more with Frank Stample from FNTSY. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid, open your new account, and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Back here, it is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Check me out, fulltimefantasy.com. We got fantasy football content, fantasy baseball content. And if you have any specific questions, cater to your leagues, trades, waiver wire pickup strategy, we will answer them. Just go to the message boards and forums and leave your question. And if you're ready to draft, play FFWC.com. We got a draft and go best ball draft tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, 28 rounds on 75-second clock. And uh, also some slow drafts, starter, slow, full-season draft, four-hour clock, 18 rounds, three spots remaining there. So check it out. See what suits your needs. Play FFWC.com. Joining me now to talk some NBA, it is Frank Stample from FNTSY. Frank, what's up? 
Cronus, what's going on, man? If there was ever a day to talk NBA, it's today. Oh, my goodness, I know. <laughs> you talk about uh, headlines and storylines, and uh, it was a crazy night last night. Now, we're seeing a lot of blame placed on the Kevin Durant injury. A lot of people felt like he shouldn't have played. Obviously, the GM came out and was really emotional and said, we live in a world where people want to blame, and that's just part of it. If you're going to do that, blame me. I run the operations. Should we be placing blame here, or was this just kind of an unfortunate injury? What is your view on the situation? I, first of all, I do agree with him. Like Someone's going to have to take the blame, uh, whether they like it or not, and – uh, I, I I also agree that I think it's you know it's on him. I think it's on the agent. I think it's on uh, the Warriors medical staff because look, every sports doctor that you saw tweeting last night, inside injuries, Doctor Chow, everyone, they said he is at a risk for serious re-injury here playing with this calf strain. And it's you know people were have been uh, questioning whether it was a calf strain all along, if it was an Achilles when the injury first occurred. And I get that, but you know those things, those lower leg injuries, they're they're uh, you know they're paired together. You know, like once you once you aggravate that calf injury, you're going to be at a risk for either re-injuring that or potentially doing something way worse, like a, like an Achilles tear. And unfortunately, that's that's what it looks like we're headed at here. But, like, if you're if you're his agent, Ronis, how, how do you let him play? Like, he clearly wasn't 100%. Now we're, now we're getting reports today that he wasn't close to 100%. So, so why is he playing that game? What does, what does he have to prove to the Warriors? He already won two finals MVPs. He helped them won, you know, multiple rings. And he's getting set for a huge payday. Now, he could still opt in for next year and get his $31 million. And then I think he'll get paid after that. He's gonna, he'll probably get paid regardless. But I just I don't understand if, if you're Kevin Durant or you're his agent, why are you playing that game? Well, I just don't I know what he, has, for, what he has to prove. I wrong. can't speak for his agent, but it's the competitiveness in any athlete. And think about it. If Durant comes back and he was playing well before he got hurt and he leads them back from 3-1, to one, he is going to be held as a god, man. I mean, and it's just a natural competitiveness of any athlete. I mean, I'm not even close to these guys, and I'm an idiot for freaking playing softball the last two weeks when I might even I might have a herniated disc in my neck. I don't know. I didn't get it diagnosed. There's something wrong. It's been over a month. I think it's a pinched nerve, and I'm I can barely throw. And I go play, and I'm not even a professional athlete. So can you imagine how Kevin Durant feels? And I brought this up in the first hour with Doc. But Damian Woody had a really good tweet, and I think this is true. This is what he said, and, and give me your thoughts on this. What KD went through last night, unfortunately, is what a lot of pro athletes go through. When you're injured, you feel isolated, detached from the team. One of the worst feelings ever, feeling like you've let your brother down and there's really nobody to save the player from himself. That's literally how my career ended. Tore my meniscus, had surgery, came back in two weeks in time for a wild card playoff game, and popped my Achilles during the game. Career over. I, these guys are competitive. They want to play. Do you think Durant would be out there if the Warriors were up 3-1 last night? There's no chance. Their backs were up against the wall. We don't know how much the Warriors pressured him, and obviously that's going to come into play. But Durant is always going to go out there. He looked fine in warm-ups. He was dancing. So he told them, yeah, I feel good to go. That's where medical staff, agents, managers, and staff have to step in and protect the player. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I think that's the main takeaway here is that you have to protect the player from himself. I understand the, the competitive nature. I, I, I get you on that. And, you know, Durant's always kind of been a weird dude. And we, we've talked about him before and, you know, how he's handled himself and the things that he's brought upon himself as well. And I thought uh, what Bob Myers said in the postgame that really 
stood with like it, it it really resonated with me was that he's misunderstood and, and that's probably the most accurate way to describe Kevin Durant because I mean you don't know like what's going on inside of his mind but I understand he wants to play he wants to get out there I hear you with the competitive nature but like you said there has to be people there to not not allow it to happen right like if you're the agent if you're the medical staff you have to tell him like look you're playing with a calf strain. You're not even close to 100%. You are at a serious risk for a major, major injury here. Potentially, like, career-altering injury. And it's not just him. Like, there's so much fallout from this Kevin Durant now. Like, obviously, we're rooting for him. Like, I, I, the NBA is a better product when Kevin Durant is 100% healthy. But now this has residual effects on the rest of the NBA Forever, Ronis, because this was about to go down as one of the one of the biggest free agency periods that we've seen in a long time. Maybe the biggest ever. I mean, look at all the names that are out there. Durant, Kawhi Leonard. I mean, those are two mega stars in the NBA. And then you still have other stars. Maybe not mega stars, but you have Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker, Jimmy Butler. This was set to be one of the biggest free agencies, if not the biggest free agency in NBA history. And this basically just changed everything forever. So... I understand the competitiveness, but I think the agent, uh, the medical staff has to step in there. And I'm sure they, they told him the risks. Everyone knew the risk. If we, if we have sports doctors on Twitter talking about what the risks are, then he clearly knew what they were. So I understand it's the competitiveness, but I feel like someone has to step in there and almost protect him from himself, Ronis. Yeah, I'm interested to see what the comments are going to be over the next day or so. What does his agent, business partner say? Because uh, this, this, this could get ugly. Uh, this could be an ugly situation. Again, we don't know the extent of it. He is going to New York to get that Achilles examined. We do know it's an Achilles injury. A lot of people think that it is torn, but it's just it's real unfortunate. Uh, and obviously, as you mentioned, the residual effect for free agents because uh, it seemed like that was the Knicks' plan. And once again, nothing goes smooth for the Knicks. <laughs> no, it does not. Uh, look, I'm not – I wouldn't – I wasn't really expecting them to get Kevin Durant. Like, everyone's talking about it like if, as if it's a done deal. But, you know, we've heard that for how long, Ronis, with how many different free agents? LeBron, James, you know, going back in the day, Dwayne Wade. Like, this like this stuff, like, I, I don't think that it was ever going to happen anyway. And I don't mind what they're doing. Like, they're, you know, they're building through the draft. We've seen plenty of teams come up built through the draft. I mean, look at the OKC Thunder from a couple of years ago. They... They drafted Russell Westbrook, Durant, and James Harden. Now, not everyone's going to be fortunate enough to draft, like, three future MVP players, but we've seen teams build through the draft. And the Knicks, they're held to a higher standard because they're a big market team and they're, you know, they're expected to compete, but they haven't competed for so long doing what they always do. And it's basically, you know, get rid of your young assets before they develop, and then, you know, you trade for aging veterans like you should learn from your mistakes at this point. Maybe it's time to build through the draft and, and, and let some of these young players develop on the court and, you know, the way the 76ers are doing it, the way that the Kings are doing it right now because they seem to have bright futures. So uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad at the Knicks if they honestly swung and miss and, and they don't get anyone in free agency, but I, I'm not here believing that, you know, Kevin Durant was as lock to the Knicks as everyone else was thinking. Talking to Frank Stample from FNTSY, and look, I guess Durant didn't play for a month have basically had one practice. So do you think the Warriors put pressure on him? Because I don't think they win this series without Durant. Uh, if he didn't come back, I didn't think they would win. And they were, they were fortunate to withstand the emotion and the gut punch and were able to hang on. But do you think that they did put pressure on him to be out there, knowing that, hey, he's probably going to leave anyway? I, look, 
it sounds terrible to think that way. Yeah. But Golden State had to have think like, all right, he's not coming back. Let's get him out there. If he gets hurt, well, he's not going to be with us anyway. Could they have been that dirty? That wouldn't surprise you, right, Ronis? Like, it feels like that happens in the NFL all the time. Like, these are things that we talk about in professional sports where when you see a guy on a career year, we say, oh, well, this team's going to run this guy into the ground and then let some other team pick him up. I mean, you can argue that's what the Cowboys did with DeMarco Murray, right? They ran him into the ground. Like, that, nothing would really surprise me from a team perspective. And then Bob Myers goes up there afterwards, and he, he puts on this show, and I'm sure he had some type of emotion towards it. Like, yeah, he, I'm sure he has a relationship with Kevin Durant, but I don't know. It seemed, it seemed, seemed like a pretty good show there, Ronis. But uh, I, I don't know that they directly put pressure on him, but, you know, he heard, he heard everything that was going on in the media. We had a report uh, the other day. What was it that that uh, some Warriors players believe that Kevin Durant is healthy enough to play and he's just not playing? Well, look what ha- look what just happened. He clearly yeah, was I, not healthy you know enough to play. I saw that on social media last night. I'm like, I saw people say, "Oh, he was able to dance and dunk in the pregame. Why wasn't he playing before?" And I tweeted, "I'm like, this is why." Okay, he exactly. clearly. Do you really do you really think Kevin Durant would be sitting out if he was 100? percent Why to show? Hey, they can't win without me. I think everyone knew that already, and all the people who were saying they were better off without Durant are foolish. Yeah, you get by Portland. Portland was a team that wasn't ready. If you've watched any ounce of basketball this year, you would knew Toronto's a good team, and you knew, watching the first couple games, Toronto was not scared of Golden State. They've completely outplayed them. Even last night, Toronto played poorly and had the lead with three minutes left. You could argue that the Raptors have outplayed the Warriors for everything in the series outside of... Like, one half of basketball, to be honest. The Raptors have flat-out outplayed the Golden State Warriors. The thing that annoyed me most about this is, look, we'll never actually know if it was true that the players were saying, oh, Kevin Durant should be out there. He's healthy enough to play. Why isn't he playing? But afterwards, after the game, like, Curry, Klay Thompson, all this, um, you know, they're they're all, oh, they feel so bad. They feel so bad for Kevin Durant. Of course, I mean, I guess I know that they're going to say that because, you know, this is their teammate. Oh, he's our brother. He's the best player in the world. But where was all that before when, when they had all this turmoil going on and it seemed like, you know, they were detaching themselves away from Kevin Durant. But then he puts himself on the line. He gets hurt. And now all of a sudden, oh, he's the best player in the world. He's our brother. We're going to win this for him. Meanwhile, they never really had that type of camaraderie the past couple of years, especially not throughout this postseason either. So they have to wait for him to get hurt and risk his body and risk his livelihood and his career, and now he's our brother and we're going to play for him. And Come on now, Ronis. Isn't that a little bit of like revisionist history? Well, reportedly they really do like him, and the thing is there's always dissension in locker rooms. I, I think I – did I t- talk to you about the Ron Artest documentary? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could see Jermaine O'Neal and Artest, they just, especially more on O'Neal's side, they just didn't get along, and he wanted them traded. So, like, a lot of this stuff we found out after the fact. We obviously knew there was dissension between them, but uh, it's, I don't know, so it's a weird situation that we haven't seen, and it's going to be interesting to see with the extent of it. I want to hear comments from Durant's agent, his manager, the medical staff, because this is not going to go away. This is going to be a big story, and now you have to worry, too, if this is a full tear, how does he come back from this? He'll sit out his age 31 season. Then he has to come back at age 32. And we've seen players come back from it, but will he be the same? You know, that's a big question right now. Yeah, and what I would say about that is I, I think he's someone that can actually age gracefully from this injury because he's such a good shooter, Ronis. He's not someone that really relies on his explosiveness. Sure, it's good to have that, but 
I mean, he could shoot over anyone. He, like to, to have a near seven-foot player who can shoot the way that he shoots, I mean, arguably one of the best shooters in NBA history from all over the court, mid-range, three-point, whatever it might be. Uh, I, I think that he's a player that can actually age gracefully with an injury like this. Clearly, you still don't want it to happen, but you know we saw this uh, take its toll on another superstar in Kobe Bryant. I'm a big Kobe guy. I know you're a big Kobe guy as well. Like He clearly wasn't the same after his Achilles injury, so I, I think... He was a little bit of a different player, though, than Durant. Like, Durant's probably a better pure shooter, so I think he can age a little bit more gracefully than a Kobe Bryant, but there's no doubt that this is clearly going to affect him. Like you said, I mean, he's not going to be back. If this is a full tear, he's not going to be back. His birthday is at the end of September. The next time he would play basketball, 2021 oh, you. You're so season. cute. You know his birthday. Yeah, I looked it up today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the next time he would be back is the start of the 2021 season. He's age you're 32. Gonna buy a, are you going to buy him a present? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I'll ship something out to him. Okay, that's nice of you. <laughs> Even though you didn't send me anything, and you know me better. But anyway. When's your birthday, Ronis? April 19th. April 19th. So at that time, you probably thought your birthday present was going to be the Mets are going to the World Series. How do you feel about oh, that? Oh, please. I, that's my present every <laughs> April, and then I quickly find out it was a fake gift. I mean. Well, I got to give you crap. Of course, the Yankees are putting a pounding on the Mets. So. What? The, of course. I mean, do you really think I'm surprised by this? Number one, if you've watched this game, and I don't know how much Mets you watched, you, f- you find out today, when you look at the Mets' BABIPs and you wonder why all their pitchers have a high BABIP, and I don't know if they all do, but I know a few do, their defense sucks. J.D. Davis cannot judge a fly ball, and Wheeler gave up the home runs today, but there were a couple bloops in there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm going to the game tonight. I'm not excited about this at all. I know the Mets are probably going to get hammered. It's Jason Vargas against Paxton tonight, you know, so... I'm not excited. I think the Mets the Mets are despicable right now. I, I went to, to a game for the first time on Saturday night. They did win. But I'm not going to many games this year. Uh, I'm just not putting money in that team. Uh, they just disgust me, man. I mean, they're supposed to be their strength. is supposed to be pitching. And even their pitchers haven't been good this year. Their bullpen is atrocious. I mean, Wilmer Fox in there now. You know he's given up at least five runs. And their defense is bad. It's just... It sucks, man. I really thought the Mets would be I here's the thing with the Mets before the year I said, "Hey, if things break right, this could be a team that makes the playoffs, but I could also see where this falls apart and they suck." And I think we're leaning towards the sucking part. Yeah, I feel like we always fall for that. Like the, the Mets are a classic team that every year in spring training you get sucked in. You know, I, I was I like the over for their win totals, like 85 and a half. I, I you know, with that pitching staff, how can you not like it, right? But a, a team that prides themselves so much on their pitching staff the defense that they put behind these guys year after year after year, it just makes no sense, Ronis. I, like, I understand it's kind of like the trend that baseball is going in right now. The Brewers sacrificing their defense to get their best bats on the field. Uh, and, and in some places, that makes sense because Miller Park, more of a hitter's park, you want to cater towards that. But when your team is built around your pitching staff and your home ballpark was originally built for a pitching staff, why do you put such a terrible defense behind them year after year? It just makes no sense. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think the Mets turn this around until the Wilpons are gone. Uh, I think it stems from ownership, and it filters its way down, and they just kind of have this losing mentality, and they were fortunate that everything broke right in 2015. No one expected them to make that run. They got hot, they had the pitching, and they got lucky. They were able to fill up the ballpark, make extra money. It's just a, a losing mentality here. But uh, we are running out of time, so what do you think happens here in the rest of this Golden State-Toronto series? Does Golden State come back and win this, or does Toronto close it out? 
I heard you talking earlier in the show, Ronis, and, and I, I'm I'm close to how you feel about this. I'm I'm conflicted because everything from a basketball perspective that I've seen in the series is Toronto is so dominant. The way that Golden State has carelessly, you know, thrown the basketball away, turn it over. Uh, it just seems like the defense of the Raptors has been amazing. Uh, they're here to play. But with that being said, I, I just I feel like the Warriors are going to win Game Six. I, I think this is going seven. I'll say as of now. I'll say Raptors take it in seven. I think Warriors win game six, although from a basketball perspective, from like a basketball logic standpoint, it doesn't really make sense because the Raptors have been the better team by far in the series. But I just feel like last game in Oracle, are the Warriors really going to lose three games in one series in Oracle Arena? I'm going to say no. So I think the Warriors win game six, but the Raptors take it in seven. All the pressure will be on the Raptors, though, if it goes to game seven. It's true. All right, Frank. Uh, thanks for joining me, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks for having me, Ronis. That is Frank Stanfield. You can catch him right here on FNTSY Radio. When we return, we'll wrap it up, take a look at the afternoon baseball and lineups for tonight. It is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to Fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at Fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to Fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to Fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to Fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's Fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Tuesday afternoon. Don't forget, you can check me out, fulltimefantasy.com. We got all the prep that you need for fantasy football because it's getting here a lot sooner than you think. We got the extended team outlooks from Sean Childs, one of the best high-stakes players around. He's already... Finished the AFC. He's now moved to the NFC with the Dallas Cowboys. We have Dynasty Football Hub, rankings, analysis, ADP, and more. 
Jacksonville Jaguars training camp questions. And we still got you covered for fantasy baseball. Got waiver wire, two-star pitchers, bullpen reports, and a lot more. And if you have any specific questions, just ask them on the message boards and the forums. And playffwc.com, we got a draft and go best ball draft tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, starter slow full season draft, 4 hour clock, 18 rounds. Two spots remain. So once those two spots are filled, that slow draft will kick off. With that four-hour clock, 35 bucks to enter there. So, again, different price points, different formats. we got Dynasty, Best Ball, Online Championships, World Championships, uh, Draft and Go Drafts. Uh, so, plenty of different formats, price points, and uh, clock, slow clocks as well. So, check it out and uh, find out what you want today. PlayFFWC.com. Do have one afternoon game going on right now. Uh, with the Mets and Yankees getting postponed due to the weather yesterday. They're playing a day-night doubleheader at Yankee Stadium today. And uh, game one is in the bottom of the seventh. The Yankees lead this game 10-5. to Masahiro Tanaka, not great today, but he is in line for the win. Six and two-thirds, seven hits, five runs, four earned, no walk, seven Ks. Uh, home runs for the Yankees, Gio Ursula, his fifth of the year, and Luke Voigt, his 16th. Aaron Hicks, his first stolen base of the season. You know, we do expect Hicks to provide some stolen bases, and obviously he's been out with the back, so you figured he wouldn't run a lot initially. But he's been picking it up. Uh, I was going to have him in my lineup yesterday against Jason Vargas. Uh, one for three with a run and a walk today. Voight with the three RBIs. Three hits for Kendrys Morales. The bottom of the order is doing the damage today. Kendrys Morales, three hits. Ursula, three hits. Burt Gardner, two hits. So uh, the bo- seven through nine spots in the order are eight for 11. So that's the thing about the Yankees and the depth they have right now. Uh, for the Mets, Zach Wheeler, look, the line sucks. Four and two-thirds, ten hits, nine runs, six earned, one walk, six Ks, two home runs. But there were several blue pits, and the defense has been terrible. Uh, they just, you know, sometimes, you know, the box score doesn't do justice. Uh, and that's, you know, we can't watch every team. And that's why if you follow people who are a fan of a certain team, they can give you a better idea if they're watching every day. You know, there's 15, 16 games on a day uh, at the same time. You can't watch everything. And I try to watch a lot, but I see a lot of Mets, and the defense is a problem. Even though there's only one error in the box score, uh, J.D. Davis couldn't get to a ball that hung up there. He's not a great outfielder. There was another ball that dunked in a right field. There was a play where Zach Wheeler barehanded a grounder through to second. Rosario did not step on the bag. That extended it inning. You can't make those mistakes against the Yankees, even without Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. You just can't. I mean, this lineup is still good, uh, and it's crazy how good they'll be when they get those guys back. I mean, this team is 16 games over 500, about to go 17 uh, with the win here this afternoon. So uh, Wheeler, I know I keep saying it, he should be better. Uh, he really should, and I have Wheeler in two leagues. One of them's a, a high-dollar uh, NFBC auction. The other is an NFBC online championship, so... When I tell you this, it's uh, I kind of put my uh, mouth with the money, my mouth money where uh, my mouth is, and you know, unfortunately, in those leagues, you can't trade. Uh, but Wheeler, you know, has had some bad luck here this year. I mean, you look at the strikeout to walk ratio. Now, the biggest problem for him has been the home runs. Uh, he's allowed 13 home runs now on the season, and, and that's just too much. Uh, and I, that's probably the difference between this year and last year. He's allowed more home runs, but the strikeouts are still there. Not a lot of walks. The strand rate's 65%, so it should be a little higher. I mean, his FIP is 3.73. So the home runs have been a problem. And, you know, in this day and age, it, it's an issue. But, you know, also, it's the struggles against the Nationals. But Wheeler doesn't allow a lot of hard contact. It's really perplexing what's going on. But, again, 
We knew this was going to be a difficult matchup here at Yankee Stadium with the way they're performing right now. Uh, for the Mets, offensively, Jeff McNeil, he had a three-run homer. He's hitting 333 on the year. Not a lot of power. Three homers, 20 RBIs. Uh, Thomas Nito with two hits. So uh, Mets uh, trying to get back to 500. It looks like they'll be two games under 500. So this game is 10-5 in the top of the eighth inning in game one of the doubleheader. They'll obviously play another game tonight coming up at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, let's take a look at some of the lineups for tonight. Uh, the Diamondbacks in Philadelphia were last night. They set a major league record, 13 home runs combined. What's the encore tonight? Well, it'll be John Duplantier taking uh, the mound for the Arizona Diamondbacks in a two-start week. And do, uh, I do like his young arm. I was hoping to pick him up in a couple weeks. wasn't able to get him anywhere, but it looks like he'll be in the rotation for a bit. And Jake Arrieta, who's really been up and down this year. You know, he's not getting enough strikeouts. You know, I thought Arrieta might have a bounce-back year because he had that knee injury last year that he tried to pitch through. He had surgery on it. I said, okay, maybe that explains why he was terrible in the second half because I was not on Jake Arrieta at all. Like, going into January, I said, nope. Uh, saw the trend last year uh, of things going awry. And then um, after, I said, okay, maybe this explains why he had these issues. I'll take him in round 15, 16, 17. And uh, really hasn't worked out that well. Uh, for the Diamondbacks, Sherrod Dyson leads it off in right field. Cattell Marte showing that power this year. He's been one of the Better value picks and another example of how deep the middle infield position is. You got this guy really late in drafts. He's in center field hitting second. Eduardo Escobar is at third base hitting third, coming off a two-homer game yesterday. David Peralta in left field hitting cleanup. Kevin Crone gets the start at first base today. He's batting fifth. Vargas at second base hitting second. Nick Ahmed back in the lineup. Missed yesterday's game with a foot soreness. He's in the lineup today batting seventh. Carson Kelly has actually been one of the more productive catchers. He's behind the plate hitting eighth. And Duplantier on the mound batting ninth. For the Phillies, Cesar Hernandez leads it off playing second base. Bryce Harper's in right field hitting second. Gene Segura, who homered yesterday, he's at shortstop hitting third. Reese Hoskins at first base hitting cleanup. JT Romito is the catcher hitting fifth. Jay Bruce is in left field hitting sixth. Scott Kingery in center field hitting seventh. Sean Rodriguez gets to start at third base, and Arietta on the mound, batting ninth. Blue Jays in Baltimore. It'll be Trent Thornton against John Means. For the Blue Jays, Eric Sogard leads it off playing second base. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the DH hitting second. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. in left field hitting third. Randall Grichuk in right field hitting cleanup. Justin Smokes at first base hitting fifth. Teoscar Hernandez in center field hitting sixth. Freddie Galvis, the shortstop, hitting seventh. Danny Jansen behind the plate, hitting eighth. And Brandon Jury's at third base, hitting ninth. For the Orioles, Jonathan Villar leads it off playing shortstop. Santander's in left field, hitting second. Trey Mancini's in right field, hitting third. Chance Sisko. And cleanup in its center field, batting ninth. No lineups, obviously, for the Mets-Yankees yet, as game one is still going on in the top of the eighth. It'll be Jason Vargas against James Paxton at 7.05 p.m. Eastern. Cardinals in Miami, Dakota Hudson against Hernandez called up from AAA. For the Cardinals, Matt Carpenter getting the day off. He returned to the lineup yesterday after sitting out a couple games over the weekend. So Yaro Munoz gets the start at third base. Paul DeYoung at shortstop hitting second. Paul Goldschmidt's at first base hitting third. Marcelo Zuna's in the left field hitting cleanup. Yadier Molina is the catcher hitting fifth. Colt Longs at second base hitting sixth. Dexter Fowler's in right field hitting seventh. Harrison Bader's at center field hitting eighth. And to go to Hudson on the mound, batting ninth. For the Marlins, Curtis Granderson leads it off in left field. 
Garrett Cooper's at the first base hitting second. Brian Anderson's at third base hitting third. Starlin Castro at second base hitting cleanup. Howell Ramirez in right field hitting fifth. Jorge Alfaro is the catcher hitting sixth. Miguel Rojas at shortstop hitting seventh. Roselle Herrera in center field hitting eighth. Hernandez on the mound batting ninth. The Rangers are in Boston taking on the Red Sox. Ariel Jurado against Hernandez for the Red Sox. For the Rangers, Shin Chu leads it off in left field. Danny Santana's in center field batting second. Elvis Andrews at shortstop hitting third. Nomar Mazara's in right field hitting cleanup. Hunter Pence the DH hitting fifth. Estrubal Cabrera at third base hitting sixth. Rugnet Odor at second base hitting seventh. Ronald Guzman at first base hitting eighth. And Tim Fedorowicz is the catcher batting ninth. So Delano DeShields not in the lineup tonight. For the Red Sox, Mookie Betts leads it off playing right field. Andrew Benintendi in center field hitting second. J.D. Martinez, the D.H. hitting third. Raphael Devers at third base hitting cleanup. Xander Bogarts at shortstop hitting fifth. Brock Holt in left field hitting sixth. Christian Vasquez, the catcher, hitting seventh. Hernandez at second base hitting eighth. And Michael Chavis dropped down in the order. He's playing first base hitting ninth. No Jackie Bradley Jr. in the lineup tonight. The A's in Tampa Bay. Mike Fires against Ryan Stanek, who will open, be followed by Jalen Beeks. For the A's, Marcus Simeon's at shortstop leading it off. Matt Chapman at third base hitting second. Matt Olson, the first baseman, hitting third. Chris Davis, the DH, hitting cleanup. Steven Piscotti in right field hitting fifth. Jarickson Profar at second base hitting sixth. Ramon Laureano in center field hitting seventh. Chad Pinder in left field hitting eighth. Josh Fegley behind the plate batting ninth. For the Rays, Austin Meadows is the DH leading off. Tommy Pham's in left field hitting second. Brandon Lau is on fire right now. Another home run yesterday. He had two on Sunday. He's at second base hitting third. Yandy Diaz at third base hitting cleanup. G-Man Choi is at first base hitting fifth. Willie Thomas at shortstop hitting sixth. Kevin Kiermeyer is in center field hitting seventh. Mike Zanino, the catcher, hitting eighth. And Heredia in right field batting ninth. Indians in Cleveland. Luis Castillo against Trevor Bauer for the Reds. Nick Senzel leads it off playing center field. Joey Vottles at first base hitting second. Eugenio Suarez at third base hitting third. Derek Dietrichs at second base hitting cleanup. Jesse Winker, the DH hitting fifth. Yasiel Puig in right field hitting sixth. Josh Van Meter in left field batting seventh. Jose Iglesias, the shortstop hitting eighth. And Tucker Barnhart is the catcher batting ninth. For the Indians, Francisco Lindor leads it off playing shortstop. Oscar Mercado is in left field hitting second. Carlos Santana at first base hitting third. Tyler Naquin in right field hitting cleanup. Jose Ramirez at third base hitting fifth. Jake Bauer at DH hitting sixth. Roberto Perez, the catcher hitting seventh. Mike Freeman at second base hitting eighth. Leonis Martin in center field, batting ninth. The Pirates in Atlanta. Chris Archer against Mike fulton For the Pirates, Kevin Newman leads it off playing shortstop. Corey Dickerson in left field, batting second. Starling Marte in center field, hitting third. Josh Bell is at first base, hitting cleanup. He's also leading the all-star first baseman in votes. So uh, you can make a case for Freddie Freeman, but Bell certainly deserves to be up there. Though Albert Almora is fifth among outfielders in the National League. How the hell does that happen? You could see the teams that are uh, stuffing the ballot box. A lot of Braves and Cubs up there. Colin Moran at third base hitting fifth. Gregory Prolanco in right field hitting sixth. Adam Frazier at second base hitting seventh. Stallings the catcher hitting eighth. And Chris Archer on the mound batting ninth. For the Braves, Ronald Acuna in center field. He homered again yesterday. Dansby Swanson at shortstop hitting second. Freddie Freeman at first base hitting third. Josh Donaldson at third base hitting cleanup. Got ejected in the first inning yesterday. Nick Markakis in right field hitting fifth. Austin Riley in left field hitting sixth. We have seen him cool off. You know, he's been great so far. Certainly that best waiver wire pickup that big weekend of Fab. But 
a lot of strikeouts, and it's uh, catching up a little bit to him. Brian McCann's at catch rating seventh. Ozzy Osby's at second base hitting eighth, and Fulton Newich on the mound batting ninth. The Mariners are in Minnesota. It'll be Mike Leak against Martin Perez, who has been struggling a little bit lately. For the Twins, Max Kepler leads it off in right field. Jorge Polanco's at shortstop batting second. Nelson Cruz, the DH, hitting third. Eddie Rosario on left field hitting cleanup. Miguel Sano's at third base hitting fifth. Uh, Marwin Gonzalez at first base hitting sixth. Jonathan Scope, second base hitting seventh. Jason Castro behind the plate hitting eighth. Byron Buxton in center field batting ninth. The Nationals in Chicago to take on the White Sox. Patrick Corbin, who's been struggling a little bit lately. Uh, he takes the mound against Manny Banuelos, who has struggled the entire season. Uh, Lurie Garcia leads it off playing center field. He's been slumping lately. He did hit a home run, though, yesterday. And he has actually been uh, pretty good for the most part this year, but it has gone through a little bit of a slump lately. Tim Anderson moved up in the order. He's the shortstop hitting second. Yoan Moncada is out of the lineup today. He left yesterday's game with some uh, back soreness. He said it's not a big deal, but certainly something to pay attention to because he's not in the lineup today. It makes sense. Uh, and you don't want to push him, and it's best to, to kind of send him out of game. Jose Abreu is at first base hitting third. James McCann, the DH hitting cleanup. Eloy Jimenez in left field hitting fifth. Wellington Castillo behind the plate hitting sixth. Jose Rondon gets the start at third base hitting seventh. Yomer Sanchez at second base, hitting eighth, and Ryan Cordell's in right field, hitting ninth for the White Sox. Also tonight, we got the Brewers in Houston. Freddie Peralta against Brad Peacock, and Peralta has just been a very inconsistent arm. He has the stuff to go out there and dominate, but for him, it's it's boom or bust. It's either like seven scoreless innings with eight strikeouts, or he can't get past the third inning, so uh, definitely keeping an eye on him tonight. He gets a Houston lineup that obviously has a lot of injuries right now, but uh, I think that's one of the intriguing storylines to watch tonight. How does Freddie Peralta pitch against the Astros? Tigers are in Kansas City. Spencer Turnbull against Jacob Junis. For the Tigers, Nico Goodrum leads it off playing shortstop. Christian Stewart in left field batting second. Nicholas Castellanos in right field hitting third. Miguel Cabrera is the DH in cleanup. Brendan Dixon at third base hitting fifth. Harold Castro's at second base hitting sixth. John Hicks at first base hitting seventh. Grayson Griner, the catcher, hitting eighth. And Jacoby Jones is in center field batting ninth. For the Royals, Whit Merrifield is the DH. He leads it off. Alex Gordon's in left field batting second. Alberto Mondesi is at shortstop hitting third. Jorge Soler's in right field hitting cleanup. Chesler Cuthbert at third base hitting fifth. Nicky Lopez at second base hitting sixth. Ryan O'Hearn is at first base batting seventh. Martin Maldonado is the catcher hitting eighth, and Billy Hamilton in center field batting ninth. Another Coors Field game, so you're going to have to pay up in DFS if you want a lot of these bats. Jose Quintana takes the mound in a really tough spot for him against Peter Lambert, who faced the Cubs last week in his debut and was really good at 32 points in DraftKings. But that was in Chicago, so now he gets the same team back in Coors Field, and we saw uh, 11 runs there last night, so a tough spot here for them. Chris Paddock on the mound for the Padres against Tyler Beatty in San Francisco. Paddock has had two shaky starts, one in Yankee Stadium where he allowed three home runs, the other one against Philly, but I think he bounces back tonight. It's a great spot to pitch in in San Francisco in a pitcher's park. Paddock should be able to dominate the lineup. And the Angels are hosting the Dodgers. Angels came back and won yesterday. They were down 3 nothing in that game. Uh, Hinjin Ryu, another good start, allowed one run in six, six innings. But the bullpen could not hang on. Mike Trout, a tying home run, and the Angels took the lead 
on the bottom of the eighth and Hansel Robles put the first two runners on but got a double play uh, and then another out to end the game to pick up a save. Tonight it'll be Felix Pena coming off his worst start of the season. He got hammered in his last start by Oakland. He'll take on Kent Maeda, who's been pretty good this season. So uh, interesting slate tonight. Also, uh, the Mariners have activated D. Gordon off the injured list. So he had uh, three games in his minor league stint. So uh, he was missing time with a wrist injury and uh, haven't seen a lineup yet for Seattle, but good chance he is back in there tonight coming off the injury list. Uh, so take note of that. If you have Gordon, you might want to get him back in your lineup today or tomorrow. That wraps it up here. You can check me out, fulltimefantasy.com, and don't forget, play ffwc.com. We got a draft tonight, nine spots left, 9 p.m. Eastern draft and go best ball draft. One spot left in our starter slow full season league. Check it out now, play ffwc.com. I'll be back tomorrow with Dr. Otto at 2 p.m. Eastern here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.